This is the racing symphony coursing through your veins. This is the house that Speed built. This is the MTV Sports Cast. And now your host, Layton. Welcome sports fans to another episode of the LTV Sportscast. It is Grand Prix F1 weekend finale of the season and we are walking in with all all honors even currently right now. Only, only just the little bit of count back that counts in Verstappen's favor in terms of race wins. Joining us today on the pod for the final Formula One pod of the year, Big J. Big J, welcome back to the show, man. Good evening, Leighton. It's good to be back. Yeah, I think a few weeks ago, at the last time I was on, and we spoke about should these hypothetical scenarios come to fruition, and we'd probably be all tied. And I think, uh, I think the Formula One gods listened to the pod, and they made that come come to pass. So, going into Abu Dhabi, all all square. Uh, really, I, really exciting. I, and I've been a fan for for many years. I don't think I can recall it being tied in my lifetime. Uh, watching Formula One. So what, what year were you born? 1980. So, so you, you, six years before that, um, okay. actually, it was was the last time it happened. It was in 1974. Um, Fittipaldi and Regazzoni uh, were level on points going into the final Grand Prix of the season. little fun oh. fact over there. I don't know Regazzoni, so I'm going to guess Fittipaldi got it. Because uh, I believe Fittipaldi got it. I think he finished fourth and Regazzoni finished 11th or something. So, And he won it by, I don't know, at that point in time, four points was uh, for fourth position or some sh- some stuff like that. Anyway, listen, before we get into that, before we get into that, if you'd uh, love to, we'd love to hear from you guys. And if you'd love to get hold of us, drop us, um, uh, drop us a mail at feedback at latentv.com. Email address will be in the show notes. As well as remember to follow us on Twitter at LTV underscore sportscast as well as Instagram, LTV Sportscast. Now, if you're listening to the show for the first time, which I hope you're not, but I really hope you are as well. If you are listening, make sure that you follow us. It will be on one of those two platforms. Well, I send it out to both of them when a new show is out and available. So make sure you get it in over there. Now, Big J, Big J, Big J, before we talk about before we talk about uh, the Verstappen-Lewis for Abu Dhabi, for the Formula One Etihad Abu Dhabi Airways Abu Dhabi Grand Prix of 2021. Let's just look back a little bit at Jeddah. I believe we have, we have some talking points. We have some talking points. It's been, it's been a hell of a season. And I know you made reference to maybe the, uh, the F1 guards giving us a honors even walking into the, the final week with all things square. I I don't know if it, if we're going to call Michael Massey and his team the F1 gods, but it does seem to be that they do play a big part in it. Lewis and Max Verstappen. Um, before I throw in my thoughts, take me through uh, the the accident uh, from your point of view. Well, I think I think Doctor Helmut um, Marco. I think he made an apology for the first time, and you know he's quite a brash individual. So he's apologized uh, in terms of comments he made regarding the brake testing. So almost. I didn't actually hear his comments. What did he say? Uh, no, no, I, there was a headline article of that, yeah, that he, for the first time that he's apologized for remarks made around the brake test that took place. So, yeah, I think I started, uh, well, I'm a, 
I've been a, I, I've, I won't say I'm a Max fan, but I, if I had a preference over the years, it has to be Max over Lewis, and I've never been a Lewis fan. But watching what, what Max has done and how he continues to, to, to call outside the lines and, and, and continue. So I'm, I'm quite disappointed. In fact, looking forward towards this weekend, I, I want to see Lewis win the championship. So what? That, okay, yeah, so Because I don't think, I think, I think if should Max win it, all of the antiques of the season will will be there'll be a cloud over that, and it will probably tarnish tarnish that win. So Has it tarnished Schumacher or Hamilton's? Well, name? I, I I don't think I don't think Lewis had. I mean, this is Schumacher, well, we knew we knew Schumacher. We knew what we were getting, and and, and, and there was no bones about it that, that Michael Michael was was rough, and we we knew that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've never liked him ne- ever ever. I think I think. About a year and a half ago, I even made some comments. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so many years later, as to how I dis- disliked the guy, and it was uh, I said something controversial, if you recall. And uh, and I mean that kind of thing lingers. And then watching Max Max do that, and I remember some of the times where where, where Michael's breaked in the tunnel. Which one are we Monaco. talking about? Are we talking now yeah, about the the uh, after the he so- was injured? Yeah, after he was injured with his. Uh, with a ski accident, and yeah, I, no, no, I no, I'm the, not talking about that. I'm talking about which part are you talking about? Verstappen? Are we are we talking about the the crash itself, or are you talking about his other antics um, into the first corner? So when I played when I played Gran Turismo, and I'm not a, I'm not a I think even in Formula One, but unfortunately I couldn't get away with it when I played Formula One on the PlayStation. When I wanted to brake, I would uh, lean into the car in the front, not not touch the brake, and and use the car in front to brake. And yes. Um, Max is not actually doing that, but he's using the, the runoff area. So he's not really breaking under his own strength. He's letting the runoff take it. So he's late. He's always going to be last. So he's going to be last in the brakes. So he's going to be ahead. So when you look at it, and you say, oh, no, but he, his car was ahead. So Lewis, but Max is not touching the brake going in. He's not utilizing the brake zone at all. So he's, he's really, really, really pushing it. And I think moving forward in that race, when it came to the, the brake test incident, um, he knew he definitely knew his car was he didn't have the car underneath him because thereafter even with damage to the front wing Lewis breezed on by which was very surprising. So it I think there was Max a tire knew, thing, yeah. I think actually I think mm, that was Max knew, poor strategy. Max knew. Yeah, he knew the car was not underneath him and probably the best result would be a DNF for both of them. And again, giving up in a in a DRS straight, trying to then allow the so called team instructions for him to Allow Lewis to pass. Because Do you know how fast they were going at that time that uh, the incident happened? I think it was about 80, 80 miles, 70, 80, 70 miles an hour. Yeah, uh, slightly lower. You're, you're probably closer to 60 miles an hour, about 100 kilometers an hour when that did happen. And there was a significant part of that lap that Verstappen did spend um, a, a lot slower. He slowed down way earlier. But again, it became a strategic thing. So when he was asked, to oh, when he was uh, told by his team, you know, let Lewis by, he had started actually probably about halfway through the lap, the slowing down, and Lewis had multiple opportunities to overtake. And this is the part where, where the gray area comes in. Um, I kind of think it was the penalties that were given is probably it was for the sake of doing something because they had to do something, but none of the penalty, penalties were consequential uh, in in any way. The the thing is, and I, I think Lewis, there was more than enough space prior to that, but he didn't want to overtake him before the DRS zone. So he had made that decision. 
And the the stupidest thing that uh, Max did was the jink left and then uh, more brake pressure being applied when he actually just put on the brakes. Um, if he had just stayed where he was and then applied the brakes, Lewis should have gone past him. But the fact is, by the time that had happened, Lewis should have been long past him anyway. So I, I don't know. I've always been a... I think Lewis is getting his own when he when he's dealing with Max because he got away got away with it for for many years. He did it to Rosberg as well, and then you know everyone else just gives up, thinking, okay, well, look, you know what? I don't want to ruin the car. You know, it's not worth it. And Max is kind of going, you know, what? well, it's worth it if I don't do exactly what he's been doing because that's uh, these these are the 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 idols. It has to be the multiple world champions. Your your Michael Schumacher's, your Lewis Hamilton's. That's all the maxes must be learning. If you're going to be a champion, you have to be, you have to be a bully on the track. Lewis has been a bully for the longest time and I, I think it's tit for tat right now. And that's why I probably enjoy them going into the last race on the same amount of points. However, uh, it, uh, Lewis should have passed him before that, but, uh, Max's jink to the left, uh, was, uh, I think, I, I, was I think more unnecessary. Yeah, so if you look at if somebody somebody did that to to Max under blue flag conditions in terms of letting that go past, would the car be placed in that specific driving line? It wouldn't. You would give enough space. So when that incident happened, Max's car was almost in the center of the track. And the second time, so there's two things there. So the first time when when, when Michael Massey got on the radio and says, "I need you guys to give the place back," and Ocon will be P1, um, Lewis P2, and Max will go P3. There wasn't much of a fight because they they knew they were they they had they had infringed. Uh, normally, if you if you think about how uh, Christian responds and even even mm. the, the the race director, they generally there's a lot of pushback uh, with regards to anything and any rule. They'll, they'll go through the stewards ten times, but just because uh, Esteban was in the front and they allowed it, mm. so that was the one occasion. And the second occasion was when when uh, oh this was after after the incident where then. Once again, Max in the DRS zone then wanted Lewis to pass, and then the minute Lewis passed, he had he had his wing open, so he he drove one by, and that and then that's the where he had around, to give back the penalty. And the third, yes, the third time around, then he gave it back because again, so that shows, in my opinion, that shows what he was doing in the DRS zone at that stage when Lewis drove it to the back of him, but he was wrong, because again, in the second in the second instance, we he repeated it, and they said, but hold on, there's not enough advantage here because Lewis just got ahead. And your DRS open, and you got traction, and you drove past him again. Yeah, so I, I think, think uh, th- what was different was, and this is where I say the first time he did it uh, uh, with right before the DRS, he passed him right back, and then that's why they said, "Listen, give the place back." Uh, and that's why, from half halfway through the incident lap, he had already been slowing down. Lewis should have passed him long before again, the hairpin arrived. That's uh, that's where I stand on that one. But if you look, if you look at. Max's drop off in pace thereafter, so he knew he didn't have the car underneath him. So he yeah. was because he he dropped off he dropped off off the face uh, face of a cliff as such. Because I was surprised. I once I thought no the, the front damage on Lewis's wing is not going to he's not going to come up to him and Max's the car the car looked very very racy throughout the weekend. So he's going to be out there and then Lewis caught up to him and then passed him and then he drove drove out of his life. That was. That was very yeah, surprising. Look, I think Lewis uh, was going to win that race anyway, regardless, right? So I, I, I'm going to say that. Um, I do, I do, I, I dropped you a link to a video regarding the telemetry. Did you, did you get a chance to view that? 
No, I didn't. I missed I'll tell you what. Have a squiz at the telemetry uh, video. I, I will actually put that in the show notes as well for, for the people out there. It's uh, very interesting too where you actually see how the pace dropped off the gears that they change, et cetera, et cetera, Let, compared to a reference lap. You know, you're signing a you're signing a Christian Horner now. I don't want to. I think I think the best the best telltale sign of everything that took place there was Toto Wolf when it happened, and the camera was on Toto and Toto swore, took off his head, head, headphones. So Toto and you got a. I mean, you're yeah. a fan of Toto and watching Toto's reaction. So that is that is you could definitely see um, that 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 the the move from Mercedes or nothing from the actions from Lewis was. And, and and even Lewis, at the end of the end of the day, you could see his hand go off the steering. And it's like, what happened here? So whether that was all staged, but maybe. And and I I think I think Lewis is dodgy as as hell. And yeah. I, I'm not a fan of him. But watching Toto's reaction, and he threw off the headphones, and and he swore. Uh, and I was like, okay, so Toto did, had no idea that this that was this was going down. So uh, yeah, the telemetry and whatnot is what what generally the Red Bull guys go on, and they bring that forward. But just I, actually, it, no, I, I got a I, I watched a video from, with the chap that uh, actually was, was more. Um, he seemed to be unbiased. You know, well, he seemed to be unbiased. Definitely that last interaction, this is what I'm saying, and this is from the telemetry, it shows the last interaction, Verstappen very much at fault. The the build-up to that, you know, in big picture, Lewis could have avoided the whole thing. He could have passed him, and he would have probably been long gone. Um, he had the right tires. The the mediums were never the tires to be on. Lewis would have won the race. So and we would have been without this drama, I believe. Just, just a question. You think because uh, they spoke about that maybe Lewis was under the impression that there was a yellow. I mean, obviously, there were so many red and yellow flags in that race. Do you think when he saw Max break that that was part of it, or <sighs> it was just that yeah, I, I, I want, I want a better opportunity at overtaking? Um, because I mean, let's let's be honest, Lewis and them play to to very different rules as well, and as well as they worked in the grey area with the slowing down to the standing I, start I, where they were so far behind. And no, I just think so. As as these races, you get you get half a chance to get ahead of a Formula One car. Mm. I don't think you you you're gonna wait for a different opportunity. And and listening to the the I you know I always talk about the team radio and because when you heard Toto Toto says we didn't get the message that that they agreed that they need to invert the cars. Oh, I heard a little bit that. differently afterwards. Out of apparently, and I say apparently in an article I read. Um, it was it was said that Lewis said he didn't want to pass him before the DRS detection. Didn't want to do it. Oh, okay. So he that's, that's why he wanted no, no, to stay behind. Yeah. So no, when, no, that's and that's also pretty stupid because I mean you get you get one chance at passing a Formula One car. It's not the easiest thing to do, especially on that circuit as well. So if that's a case. Then I think Lewis is also at fault. Then I didn't know that that information because when I had heard the conversation on the team radio, they said. Uh, they were not informed that that was the, the ruling that. But if a car is slowing down in front of you and there's no flags, what happens if if Verstappen's car is breaking down? Would Lewis stay behind him? You know, there, uh, guess, so there's a lot of there's a lot of grey area I, over uh, there, and so I think they both think stuffed me, up. To be I totally honest I, with you, I, I, I'm, I'm going to call it what it is. I think where where Max placed his car, Max was being a dick. Yeah, I think that's sure. what it is. He placed his car in a position that was, yeah, at uh, that he, moment. He wasn't giving, you weren't giving you weren't giving clear path uh, for the opponent to go past you, and I think for me, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. end my opinion on the subject is that I think it tarnishes. As I said, I think it tarnishes because he's been looked at the poster boy, the next big thing. So we can talk about 
Michael doing the same and other champions doing the same. But they were, it wasn't their first championship. I, I don't recall Lewis doing this kind of moves when he won his first championship. As much as I don't like Michael, when Michael drove for Benetton winning the first championship, I think it was almost a textbook textbook win. There was no massive incidents. I, know I actually think he had incidents with Senna, to be totally honest with you, first championship. But nothing, nothing close to what Lewis, uh, what, what Max is doing. So I think it's, it's strange. As I said, they, I feel FIA and, and, and Formula One is looking to to build the sport around Max. His age is right, his image, he is the poster boy for the sport. Uh, and him doing this kind of things. I mean, as I said, I sat on the fence. Well, I, I was not, I've never been a, mm. a Lewis fan, but watching that kind of driving, that kind of underhandedness, uh, I think just win fair. That, that, that's my, that's my take on it. I, and I agree with you. I'd love if it would, if it was fair. The problem is the, um, the FIA or the stewards and whatnot, they have not applied the rules fairly throughout the season. They have been, <sighs> Vague at times, not wanting to make calls, not uh, or, or indecisive on things. Or one day they do this, the next day they do that. You know, it's kind of it's kind of felt like that, which is part of the reason why this has gone on as long as it has gone on. Um, but yeah, in in that short moment, hundred percent agree with you. Verstappen did stuff up. The build up to that, uh, and this is coming on that final, the the third DRS zone. Um, Max had slowed down. He was all the way on the right. There was enough space for Lewis to get by, but he didn't want to take it. So I think collectively, both of them, both of them completely stuffed up. And at the end of the day, Lewis was going to win. He had the faster car. He had the right strategy. He had the right tires. And, you know, justice won at the end of the day in, in that sense. But in the sense of the sport, what we are sitting watching, we're watching two, two people squabble. And it, and it is, like you say, there is a tarnishing thing that it does to the sport. It tarnishes the name of the sport. And we don't get to see the racing that we want to see. We don't get to see an all out thing. We're watching, um, you know, and I say it, Mercedes taking their time getting to the line, being far behind in cars. And then, you know, Red Bull complained to Michael Massey and then he's like, listen, it's only the 10 car, the 10 car length is only for, um, for formation laps, not for standing start laps. And you're Damn thinking, stuff, yes. isn't it surely the same thing? You know, they've gone, they've left the pit lane. They do effectively a formation for a start. Again, why is the rules different? You know, and then it's, it's stuff like that. And so that though, those things are the things that get to me. It just feels like when, when are rules rules? When is it okay to, to change the way that we're, when do we decide what is good for good for us for or good for television uh and then you you say when i talk about good for television oh, it reminds me i don't think it was it wasn't at Jeddah. it was at the race before i'm pretty sure that also that same thing max makes a mistake and then we immediately cameras over skies cameras is over to Jos verstappen banging the table i'm thinking why are we watching him? And we watch, get to watch him in slow motion. We get to watch Toto Wolf in slow motion. Look at this man banging a table. I'm thinking, why, why am I watching that? Um, if he's frustrated, sure he is, but is that really so much better than the racing to watch Toto or Jos Verstappen bang tables in the pits? Yeah, you know, it's, and I don't know who that is for because I know that's not for, for me who, who enjoys the racing. I think there's a lot. There's a lot that's gone on, and uh, I mean, we're in our time in, in, in our time watching the sport where you would think of uh, was it John Todd 
um, and uh, Briatori, Flavio Briatori. I mean, yes, we we know they were team principal, etc. But they would. <laughs> it was never about Briatori or, or Todd. I think the biggest thing about Todd was his uh, relationship uh, with uh, Michael and how 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 good a relationship they had. Mm. Uh, and Briatori as well, because obviously Michael had, had been at Benetton at a stage, but it's never been about them. Uh, yeah. And this this last bit, I, I guess some of it comes comes with um, Drive to Survive, the Netflix series. Apparently, I saw a quote as well, and I don't know if it's out of context. Mm. Uh, Toto says uh, the dislike for Christian that's shown on on Netflix is not just for television. That's how he really feels. In real life, but it was the headline, so I didn't read the article. It could be out of context. Um, so I think the Netflix stuff and, and whatnot is just added to it to give it a bit of spice. But as you, I fully agree. At the end of the day, it should be about the drivers and mm. it should be about overtaking moves. Right now, it's about underhanded, dirty moves. Who's 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 going to be the the filthy of the two? Question: and, and How many times did they show Total Wolf banging his headphones in slow motion? Uh, I was I was I was livid at the time, and so I wasn't. I can't recall. Probably twice. I I, I think. Yeah, I think uh, I was, twice I was would just, be to put it mildly. I I, I think I they just, played that thing like five times, and I was like, I was oh, I, I I kind of had the same reaction as Toto there as well. It's like, come on! But do you want you. a camera on you because you're getting a reaction? You know what I mean? I guess I guess it's about uh, building. So this has been a sport that struggled over the years, and uh, it's all about. Building the hype, building the storyline. It's mm. almost probably turning into a bit of WWE. Uh, the more the more the hype, the more the storyline, the more the viewership and interest is. And why, why don't they race for for a, a significant other for for the end of a season type <laughs> I thing? I think like a, well, a, a little a little a little challenge. Uh, uh, PK, 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 Nelson PK's daughter. Uh, I forget her name. You, don't don't, don't assume, assume their <laughs> sexual orientation. I said that's why I said a significant other no, no, of some sort. I'm saying Max's Max's Max is dating uh, PK's daughter. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably where it's coming down to. And uh, they need a love story. A, a first, yeah, or maybe a first fight or two in, in the pit lane between Toto and maybe they'll go into an MMA into a cage fight sponsored by Ramco, etc. Because that's the way the story. But again, it makes for good television. It makes for a good drama for for viewership, and I guess that's what uh, pays the bills for the sport. Yeah, I, I I I don't get it, man. It's it's like when we spoke about the fashion stuff, the Lewis fashion stuff. You know, it's that it's everything else that isn't racing gets way too much time on on the telly as far as i'm concerned but uh also let's give some kudos to valtteri bottas uh final corner takes out esteban well passes esteban Ocon uh just before the line the line to to finish third uh to be on that podium again for another lewis max and valtteri podium can you believe it I, i was cheering valtteri on and i was like come on valtteri and i've been really harsh on him Every time I've been on the pod, uh, but obviously he's a total different driver since since he signed for Alfa Romeo. Um, the way that he there's a bit of a freedom that he has in terms mm. of driving, uh, and and I, I guess as well he's had a bit of I won't say good luck, but he hasn't had the misfortunes that he's had in the past, where he's always come out second best in a pit stop. He's he's will not getting locked 
or tire problems or whatnot. So he's had a, he's, he's had a quite a fortuitous run that he did, hasn't had that bad luck as he has in the past. But, uh, <laughs> so him not him having normal luck is fortuitous. <laughs> Because he's been, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I and, mean, you know, they say you make your own luck. And I think this, the South African Gary player, the more I practice, the luckier I get kind of maxim that comes to mind. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he's had, considering if you compare him to to Lewis and possibly even Sergio and uh, Max, uh, it seems mm-hmm. the number two drivers get the the, the, the the wrong end of the stick more often than not. Um, so I, I'll very, I'll Sergio very, himself uh, could claim to have got the wrong end of the stick uh, as well. I, I don't know really where Leclerc was supposed to go um, in, in that scenario in his little racing incident, but what what a balls up! And oh yeah, sorry, and I'm going to throw this out there. I just want to go back one last thing to the Lewis Verstappen thing. Martin Brundle. For me, the the commentary, and I get it. I know British uh, television, you know, it's Sky. They've always been biased towards the uh, the British drivers, you know. It's always been like that. But the way that he spoke, you know, it, like it made Max to be out, you know, more of a villain than he is. They are in the heat of a title championship, and I was like, look, you know, have some decency to try to be impartial. Right now, to a certain degree, to just <laughs> just ha- say that you support Lewis at least before you go off on one of these mad rants. Say you support Lewis. Lewis is not free uh, of of all blame right now. He he, he did play his part in it as well, you know. So uh, anyway, that, that's another one of those things. It, it got to me, man. It got to me. For me, thinking, for me the, the decisive the decisive opinion on it, and I, I, I was a massive fan of his, so, and, and that I respected a lot was Damon Hill. Mm. So when Damon, when Damon mentioned, yeah, Max was was wrong. And I guess this is just post-race, not, not enough time to analyze stuff, whatnot, but you're talking about a world champion here who's driven, this, who's driven pretty 100%. well at the top of... So when he said it, then I was like, okay, that just supports it. But I think, yeah... <laughs> No, it's the way that Martin, uh, Martin Brundle Martin, carried Martin, on. I was no, like, Martin, oh, come Martin, on, buddy. Martin's a Lewis, Martin's a Lewis fanboy. Um, that, that wouldn't change. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think you can think of, um, Murray Walker and Nigel Mansell as well. I think Murray loved Nigel. Uh, so I think it goes, it goes without saying, but Brundle is unashamedly extremely biased. I think, yeah. He's probably one of the most biased. Is that what we want from commentary? There. I know, I, I know, I, I, don't, I support I, I, it in for the show. I want our show to be full of biases and strong opinions and things like that. But we're, we're talking about uh, Sky News Network or Sky Sports, uh, you yeah. know, that whole thing. It's just like maybe, I, maybe the most popular driver in the world right now in terms of ratings is Max Verstappen. Maybe it's best not to alienate, uh, alienate them. Because they have feelings too, kind of thing. To to the point where it's like, say say what you need to say, but you know maybe don't carry on about it. However, however, two other two other drivers that we got to talk about. Um, Esteban obviously he had a great race. He's always, I don't know how he got it right in Hungary. He gets himself involved in when there's pure chaos. Esteban <laughs> Ocon rises supreme. He he has this innate ability to do this. I think we we've been unfortunate to not see enough uh, 
rainy, rainy races as such or rained out ra- races to see how Esteban does there. Because generally we know, uh, you could think of an Olivier Panis back in the day, I think actually winning his Monica. only Grand Prix in, in the rain. Um, so I wonder if, I don't know if, if Esteban's one of those, uh, but you can, you, I think you're probably onto something there. Uh, when chaos reigns supreme, I think he's like the ultimate opportunist, uh, <laughs> waiting to ninth to, to first <laughs> at a stage, yeah. uh, and then it was yeah. a progression to drop back. But ninth to first, Esteban, oh God, amazing! I just think I think after after the second red flag, I think they should have made a call as well, probably to look at rolling starts because uh, that's uh, I disagree I mean, entirely. There's there's no. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you why because you can't keep on having having these standing starts and having the same issue, number one. And number two, as soon as there's any debris on the circuit, there's no runoff area, there's no place to clear it. So you're going to have to then yellow flag, virtu- uh, virtually safe- safety car, full safety car, and then red flag and restart. Um, so if there's an opportunity for to keep it safe or to get the momentum going, I, the first two is fine. I, I think I think by the, by the time it, the second one had happened, then if you made a call should be made, let's consider, okay. let's consider a rolling start. Question time. Question time. Yeah. How many accidents were there on the first lap that caused the, the race to restart on lap one? I think, I think, I think it was only, no. I'm not mistaken, injury. Where, the, the crash, the, that caused, the, caused him to the restart. Mazepin, it didn't happen on race, Maz, on lap one. The, the Mazepin the driving into the, back of, uh, into the back of George Russell. That was the on Paris the second one, restart. The Paris. No, what I'm saying, yeah. my point is on the, on the, on the, on the standing starts, the chaos on the standing starts for a circuit that's untested. But um, on the first standing start, there was no no incidents on lap one. There was none. So at the time that it happened with the second standing start, they had one standing start, which was the official start, no incidents. One standing start, massive incidents. So you've got a 50-50 over there. Why would you um, change that to say, listen, it's too dangerous? You know, 50% of the no, time they started, it's, it was good. It's, it's, not so, yeah, it's, not, it's not so much of that. It's about the time where you have to sit and watch them sitting in the pit line doing diddly squat while they clean, the, clean up the track. And it was surprising as well. They didn't, they didn't reduce the, the laps for the race, considering there were three, three red flags in the race. Yeah, no, but I, I'm just, just going back to that first lap. If there was no incidents on the first lap which caused the debris or anything like that, it, it didn't happen on lap one. And in the second lap, in the second start, uh, uh, second, second start was standing chaos. start. Right, Mazepin lifted George Russell's car into the air, and, and again on, on Nikita Mazepin as well. He's got the slowest car. He's the slowest driver on the circuit. What is the hurry? He's got such an such an opportunity to go and learn the Jeddah circuit. Obviously, every it's a level level playing field for every driver. Mm. His car's slow. They're not doing much in de- no development this season. Take your time, even if you're two seconds off the pace, because he generally is. Yeah. Take your time, get the experience under your belt, and next season, once the tokens get spent, uh, you've got hours. Because I think even the previous race as well, he had like no time in 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 the seat yeah. uh, because he had crashed so often. So that was that, that frustrated me, and then obviously driving and lifting up George Russell that high up into the air as well at that impact. So that really frustrated me. I, I'm always I'm not necessarily a proponent for making it safer. It's just that the, the frustration of having to watch it. And, and some of these drivers don't learn as well. So the, the frustration of having to watch it over again. But let's uh, call Mazepin yeah. what it is. He shouldn't be there, man. He shouldn't be there. It's uh, Unfortunately, it's a disgrace to the sport. But he is there. He is, he is out of depth over there. He is accident prone in 
in all the things he's done throughout the season. It it just feels that way. Uh, yeah, so 100% agree with you that he sh- he should be taking his time, but his mentality is not like that. Um, when when you make it into Formula One the way that you do, you tend not to respect uh, a great many things, uh, and that's that is the problem with Nikita Mazepin. Anyway. Anyway, Jay, um, other, and other, other news after that. Constructors is all but wrapped up right now. Mercedes on 587 and a half points. So I do believe I'm going to get my Mercedes constructor win. Red Bull 559. Ferrari looks like they've got position three wrapped up. Who would have said that after the first half of the season? Yeah, I think, I think Lando's drop off in form because he's just fallen off a cliff and he's, he sticks this, I think the last three races. He's finished 10th. He's had some pretty poor luck. Um, however, uh, I think Danny Rick hasn't come to the party as often as he should to support him. And he's had, so between the two of them, as Lando's forms dropped off, and there's been consistency between Carlos and uh, Charles Leclerc because they seem to be driving in formation at the moment. Uh, they qualify pretty close to each other. And throughout the racing, I mean, although Carlos had quite a poor uh, quali for, for Jeddah, but he had improved and he capitalized on his tire choices. So he had, he had a quite a great improvement. And yeah, that's gone on. I think, I think it all bodes well for 2022 and the Ferrari team. I think the driver combination, we said it before, is probably perfect. Mm. Um, and um, once their tokens come into play and probably some other development, because I can't see them sitting for that long, uh, not competing up with the other two. Yeah. So I think it'll be interesting next season uh, to see, because we definitely know Charles. Charles is probably one of the better drivers on the circuit. Carlos, he's prone to mistakes. Uh, he, he is, he's improved a lot this season, season, though. He yeah. has. Yeah, yeah, he's come. Yeah, when you look at when you look at new drivers to teams, I think he's probably one of the better ones out there. Um, so it'll be it'll be good for next year. Uh, you mentioned Danny Rick. He finished fifth at uh, at Jeddah. Uh, Saudi Arabia. He he finished fifth. Uh, Pierre Gasly sixth, and then it was the two Ferraris that followed. Then Giovinazzi, and then Lando Norris. Like you said, you know, him finishing tenth was pretty sad. Um, what did that mean to the um, to the construct? Well, we said the constructors obviously with Ferrari putting in that gap. Only uh, Danny Rick showing some points. I mean, McLaren's on two sixty nine. Then it's Alpine one forty nine. I think they've got fifth wrapped up. Head of Alpha Tari on 120. Um, yeah, Aston Martin, what a, what a disappointment so far this season that they have been. But like you said, how much is going into next season? Uh, there's a lot of teams putting a lot of hopes onto next season, knowing they weren't going to be able to compete this season. Drivers Championship, as you know, 369 and a half, 369 and a half. Max and Lewis on as even, so to speak, except Max has got more race wins. And on countback, he, if, uh, well, he, he leads that purely on countback. Uh, Valtteri now a comfortable third on 218. He will not be caught in that position. So third in the championship does belong to him. Sergio's got fourth wrapped up on 190. Then Charles Leclerc is four points ahead of Lando, who is four, four and a half points ahead of Carlos Sainz. So there is obviously fifth to seventh isn't exactly wrapped up. But all is in favor of uh, Charles Leclerc. And then Danny Rick on 115. Pierre Gasly has hit 100 points a season. It's been a good season for Pierre um, in qualifying. It's been a bad season for him in terms of race days. There's too much inconsistency there. What, 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 
has Pierre outperformed that car at times? Or or has has he also been one of those people that's just got himself involved in too much uh I can't nonsense? Ju- I can't I can't quite figure it out because sometimes you think with with the might of the Red Bull team and their development and obviously sharing of trade secrets, etc. And we know that Alpha Tauri is the number two Red Bull team. We saw that in uh, what's the name? Um, what was it uh, at LaSalle Circuit when uh, uh, Pierre Gasly casually rode, rode off track and then didn't open up his DRS wing when Max went by? The car to be pretty decent. And obviously Yuki is new, so we can't use Yuki as a uh, as a comparison or a benchmark. So I think Pierre, Pierre I, I think he's had a very good season, considering that we wouldn't have placed Alpha Tauri to be as competitive as they as they've been. You, we, I think the beginning of the season, you're looking at Aston Martin and probably a bit of showing from Alpine. So I think uh, Pierre Pierre's done a pretty good job. Um, again, I'm undecided over whether it's his driving ability. Uh, always how good the car is because there's been a degree of inconsistency there um, as well. But I think yeah, he qualifies well. I think normally sixth. Whenever I have him, I always have him in my fantasy team. And he seems to have the sixth position between fifth and sixth nailed down. Um, the guys in front are too far in, ahead and those behind are too far behind. So he normally he drives that sixth position uh, by his lonesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I think I'm quite – so I can't I – can't, because he – doesn't quite uh, hold up uh, hold up the Mercedes when they're behind him. Uh, I don't know whether the Mercedes pace is just there, but I expected a lot more of that, that he would uh, probably try and slow down the overtakes of both Valtteri as well as Lewis, and he hasn't quite pulled that off, but maybe, I don't know, maybe Red Bull's racing fair in that regard, or the AlphaTauri team doesn't quite follow all the Well, they orders. did let uh, Verstappen through with minimal holding back. No holding back at Lascelles. Yeah. There. So. So. And, and I, I won't lie. That actually got to me a little because I I know that you have teams. You know, everyone has two cars. Each team has two cars, um, and that's what they ride. It, it's very difficult when your team has to fight four cars. Let's put it that way. If you have to overtake uh, four opposition cars as opposed to two, you know. Uh, and then, you know, to get prefer- preferential treatment. I don't like it. Uh, it, it, uh, it annoys me. I understand it's part of the sport. Talking about things that are part of the sport, Michael Massey has said that if the, the two chaps, uh, that being Lewis and Verstappen do tangle, uh, which, which results in both of them not finishing, which would allow Verstappen to win, he says that the championship could be resolved off track. Now, what's your take on that, Jay? Uh, what makes this race different from the others if they take each other out? No, I don't, I don't think there's anything. I think uh, I think it could possibly happen the way the way the way Max is driven, and I think Toto has said it as well. I saw I saw, I saw an article saying Toto won't be surprised if Max drives Lewis off the circuit, and they're both done. There's a DNF. And Michael Massey um, says, in the you know the championship could be resolved off the track. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what 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 punitive measures there'll be. I think it plays into Formula One and uh, FIA's hands then, where they get to probably crown Max the champion. It, it seems, in my opinion, it seems that that's what they've want. They've been wanting a changing of the guard. Um, obviously, there's different 
different sponsors and different markets that you could get into. I mean, you could see Lewis is quite controversial uh, with his uh, LGBTQ plus stance in, in both the Muslim countries that they've raced in. And I don't know as the world champion whether the, the governing body would want you pushing back against I think Aramco is one of the biggest sponsors, if not the biggest sponsor of uh, Formula One at the moment, um, pushing back against some of that oil money and some of the more, uh, what's the word, antiquated. Uh, no, I'm Deals? referring to the governments, to the governments or the regimes that run these countries. I mean, so these are old-fashioned, old beliefs, or archaic, I think archaic is the right word, um, from these countries. And, uh, yeah, and your, and your poster boy is now demonstrating and pushing back so I think uh, if it comes down to it, Max Max gets to go ahead because he doesn't seem to have a viewpoint right now on any of the stuff. And I think he, he ticks the boxes for them should it come oh, down to well, it. Uh, does it tick the boxes for you? Do, do you think that, uh, that uh, um, these drivers should be activists in, uh, of, of sorts? I think at the end of the day when you've – I think one that stands out, and not, not so much for me, uh, Lewis is probably uh, Sebastian, and his um, his uh, environmental consciousness that he has, and I think he believes that since he's been given a platform, that he should try and push that agenda. And, he, and I think in an interview he said so that when he was younger, he didn't bother about any of that stuff. But as he's gotten older, so I think if you have gotten the opportunity to, I mean, I think we see it in a lots of other. Uh, Lots of other individuals, once they've once they've reached a certain level, that they can represent a represent a cause as such. Uh, I think I think Lewis over the last two three years, it's, it's been it's been probably too dominant in what he was doing. So I think the racing became second uh, secondary, and uh, him putting forward uh, different types of agendas has been primary for him. So I don't know how much the the, okay. the governing body. Do you enjoy it? Um, I I don't I, I I don't not enjoy it. Neither do I. I just I don't have an opinion on it, uh, Leighton. To be honest with you, at the end of the day, uh, I believe. I mean, if you if you if you're a seven-time world champion, you're entitled to to represent a cause, whatever whatever okay. it may be, um, because you've you've done your time, you've done the hard yards, so you could probably take a stance on something. And as I as I referred to Seb. And his uh, environmental stance that he takes is just because remember, I think it was after Silverstone, he went and cleaned up the circuit. Yeah. Uh, well, everywhere. see, that's the thing. But th- there you've said it though. It's after, it's after the race. My, my issue, and I, I'll be honest with you, I do, I do have an issue with it when it comes to let's watch the sport. You know, don't make your, um, don't, don't try and prove your point during the, the racing time. At that point in time, there's a reason you get paid the money you get paid, and it's all these sponsorships, it's all these deals, everything that that is putting money into your pocket starts there. That's where the that that's what built your empire for you, so to speak. So you don't spit in the face so, of, so of your uh, don't bite the hand that feed, fed you. I guess. Exactly that. that and, fed you. And I'm yeah. just saying, do your do your activism things, you know. On your own time, but at least respect when it comes to during that race time, when it comes to that televised time, when it's on track now, have the decency to, to put your, um, activism aside and do things outside of the race time. Take, for example, like you're saying, Sebastian Vettel cleaning up off the track afterwards. That's great. 
But if it I guess, was, I guess the Lewis fans can argue with us that uh, it's just a it's just a painted helmet. How much of activism is that? Uh, so I don't know. No, it's but, uh, it's uh, okay. Maybe no, the helmet doesn't bother me. Not not in the slightest. I'm just. I'm talking in the collective type of thing where we have to listen to the commentators talk about their causes and what they're standing up for and what they're fighting against. Like, I don't care. I, I have enough of an everyday life. I work, you know, I've got all these other things that I have to do on a daily basis. Now I have to come watch something I have watched since I was five, six years old. I must now sit in front of the telly and listen to other people's problems. I'm like, oh, we all have our own problems. Let's just enjoy some sport together. And then at when when the sport is over, let's go back to our problems. You know, uh, that that's guess, kind of where I'm at on those things. Yeah, I guess you're looking at the escapism that goes with it, and it's hundred percent incredible. Yeah, and then it changes a bit. Right. Um, so Jay, uh, something else is happening. Um, last race for Bottas uh, for Merck before he moves to Alfa Romeo, replacing Kimi Raikkonen, who is racing his 349th Grand Prix. Uh, so far, 103 podiums, 21 wins, one world championship in 2007. Can you believe we're going to have to say goodbye to Kimi? The man is old as time, uh, since time began is, is leaving the Formula One uh, grid. I'm not, I'm not too faffed by it. I've never been the biggest Kimi fan. He's never endeared himself to me and biased. He doesn't endear himself because... to anyone. <laughs> I wonder if he endears himself to himself. Uh, but to you know what Vettel know said, I, and this was uh, when somebody else took offence to Kimi. Then the Vettel said, and I read again. It's in a few other articles I read. He's like, if Kimi's- if you if you have a problem if you have a problem with Kimi Raikkonen, it's not him, it's you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did I did hear that comment. So I thought, yeah. So yeah, Vettel, 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 he's endeared himself to me this season mm. because. There's a more human side. You don't see that German, the German perfectionist or German precision, if you want to call it. Really. Yeah, because it's atmospheric. The job done. Um, <laughs> uh, with the Austrian and the the Austrian, the Finn, the Finn and the and the Englishman, no Germans in sight. Um, so so you, I, I think you don't see it so much with, with Seb, but you see a more a more humane side to him. So back to what you said on Kimi. Yeah, I've uh, I've never I've never been the biggest Kimi fan, and even. I mean, and I don't really care about the interviews or the lack of charisma. Even on the on the racetrack, I think I think just his, his championship winning season or one of the seasons where he pushed. I think it was Lewis that he pushed for the for the for the title. Um, that was probably the only time that he actually did much. The rest of it is he's been for me, in my opinion, much of a journeyman. Just getting there. It's like it's like a, in football terms of a, the equivalent of a Mark Noble, if you want to call it that. But again, I'm not disrespecting Kimi. He is a former world champion, uh, but yeah, uh, good luck to him in his future endeavors. I don't see him being involved in the sport because uh, yeah, it's like recently he just probably if his son gets involved, maybe. No, he likes uh, to he, go racing, but he he wants he enjoys the things like rallies and all of that. But he he comes across as your typical Scandinavian type. But you know when you see the other rally guys, um, going back to that season, the two thousand seven season. That was a season where Alonso got a four-place grid penalty at the Hungara ring, uh, which meant that uh, it's just enough spots to keep you enough points behind because there was no passing at the Hungara ring. And uh, Raikkonen won it with 110, followed by Hamilton 109, Alonso 109, and Felipe Massa on 94. So that was 
that was a relatively tight season, but that was a season I felt that as an Alonso fan, I was like, ah, my boy got screwed. So uh I wasn't particularly happy back then. Giovinazzi, he's off to Formula E now. So Alfa Romeo, whole new team with Bottas. And what's the other chap coming in that... uh that's the one now piastri uh, in formula two um he uh, he i believe he's going to win the um the championship and they say he's phenomenal uh you know so but he's going to alpine as the uh test uh, test driver piastri is winning formula two right now by 40 odd uh 50 odd points so Guang Zhao is uh one forty nine. So he's he's further a little further back, so sixty three points behind Piastri. So that's uh that's what's happening in Formula Two. And so know that those two drivers are coming up. The the question is, you look at uh Alpine, Alonso's on seventy seven and I believe Ocon is on seventy two, so five points separate the two of them. It's gonna be quite interesting to see which one of those two chaps is going to is going to get uh, uh, their nose in front for the end of the season to to get obviously the the honors so to speak within within the team. Yuki Sonoda, and you were talking about Pierre Gasly. Yuki Sonoda has managed twenty points, twenty points all season. It has been a I know the, the Haas, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's a Nikita Mazepin shit show that, uh, Sonoda has done, but uh, flat to deceive, very disappointing, very disappointing considering the car that he did have. So I wonder how much of the, of the Honda influences behind it as well, being a Japanese, a Japanese uh, manufacturer. First race, uh, he showed in, all the promise, didn't he? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much of that to get him in. Um, was behind that. However, I think he's. I think there's. I've seen some improvement in him. Definitely improvement. He started. He started to get a little bit more. What's the word? I won't say mature, but uh, making better decisions. So there's not many DNFs. He's not. He's not crashing into people. He's, he's not being reckless. So I think. But as some as I get gets coached into you, your your racing flair, your aggression, your natural ability gets a bit subdued. So we don't know if we see that happening. I think I think he hasn't had a, a too poor season. I think at the end of the day that the start was yes, we thought he's the next superstar in the making, and hmm. possibly he still could be because I can't remember Max Verstappen's uh, first season either. Um, I think probably Lewis is one of the ones that came in with a big reputation from the get go. Obviously, with the amount of time and energy and money that Ron Dennis and the McLaren team had invested in him, and I think finally with his Idolizing uh, Ayrton, so I think that that probably set Lewis up. But the rest mm. of the drivers in their first season, even even Michael, I, oh, who remembers Michael at Jordan? Uh, yeah, but okay, the Lewis a completely different different case. He walked into the arguably the best team in Formula One, and he he was treated well. He was always treated silver spoon in mouth. Um, Take take him no, out of the equation. The, it's uh, so everyone else had to no, work hard, except yeah, so for Nikita Mazepin. Yeah, we don't, but we don't get any other drivers that we can think of that's gone on to be superstars that mm. in their first season that that really blew us away. Uh, so I think maybe maybe it's still early doors. I think the Japanese thing will stand uh, stand him in good stead. Although Honda's walking away from the sport, 
Um, maybe they'll probably come back in two years. I think there's a bit of buyer's remorse there in the decision that they've made. Um, but yeah, I think Zoe opens another market for F1 and for Alfa Romeo. Um, interesting, interesting year ahead uh, for us. 100%. Now let's talk about the Yas Marina circuit. They have changed the circuit, so there is no current lap record. They're expecting it to be 14 seconds faster than it was uh, previously. Um, that's because they've taken away five corners and they have... So that's two chicane things they took away, turned them into faster flowing corners. I think going from corner four, corner four to corner five, that's where the DRS detection zone is into before they get onto that back straight. So they'll be carrying a lot more speed. Now, thing is, uh, we look at recent history. Max Verstappen won there last year. The Red Bull looking quality take away the tighter corners and this is where the Red Bull was fast at Jeddah as well in the in the in sector one where the tighter windier corners the Red Bull was phenomenal uh getting to the faster flowing free-flowing type things uh Mercedes were was dominant now the question is are we going to see more of the same is the track the track changes in favor of Mercedes Look, I think whatever engine change they've done, I don't know if it's above board, but whatever's gone into the power unit and um, drivetrain of that Mercedes has been phenomenal since Brazil. So I don't know if it's if, if there was development that took took place uh, without the FIA and Formula One authorities knowing about it, because I there was talk that when you're in a, with a fresh power unit, your car's a little bit nippier. But the way that Lewis and, and uh, you've you've heard Christian allude to it a few times in interviews as well, um, the way the way that Lewis has, has been able to have that pace, and ironically, Bottas's car doesn't have the same blitz pace that that Lewis. But again, I'm probably uh, reading too much into it because Bottas has never quite been on the Lewis pace. But qualify hundred percent yes. This, Something there's something about that 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 motor. Um, so should that should that pan out, I think the motor is going to be wound up for Lewis to. And, and you can see it in FP2 at the moment. It's uh, Lewis from Esteban from Valtteri. So and uh, and generally they the Mercedes teams they hold their cards quite close to their chest until qualifying. But when you see them starting to show some dominance early doors. Yeah, I think they, I think they could blow Max away unless there's some bit of sandbagging going on at Red Bull. But I, I think that the changing of engines to Lewis, I, I'm, all I'm saying is I don't think it's completely above board. I think mm. there's something there. There's some sort of development that's taken place, um, and that's that's setting that car apart. I, I think it's above board because it's Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, realistically, realistically, if I had to walking into this, into this, uh, Grand Prix right now, I believe Mercedes is still a better constructor. Their car package as a whole is better. I think Max has outperformed the Red Bull for a large part. I think Max has probably been the best driver this season. Apart from his, uh, reckless, um, brain farts that he he gets himself into um 
apart from those moments. But I, th- I think this all, I think everything, everything was soured from Silverstone. From Silverstone it was kind of like a, well, you know, we're, we're, let accidents happen I, if they need to happen uh, I think, between the I two think of them. I think, I think Silverstone is, is probably the first race where, where, where Lewis pushed back. There was a lot of times where Max was had his elbows out and Lewis took the higher road and let the youngster go. And I think as he got away with points and the Red what? Bulls no, did a lot racier. What do you mean? Silverstone was where um, Lewis got the five-second penalty for the, the back uh, back left tire tap, which sent Verstappen into the wall. Was it? Was it? Was that the one? Wasn't it the one where Lewis didn't give him give him space to turn in? Was it? Was a contact there? Because I know the one where he, where he went off into the gravel. Uh, but uh, maybe maybe I'm, I'm I'm mistaken there. But I recall I recall that we, we, we even were questioning the where the cars were, were positioned. I'm certain it was Silverstone. It was Silverstone, but there there was it was there was a touch. It was there was contact. Um, no, but what I'm saying is this is this is this is the race where where Lewis. Finally pushed back because Max had his has had his elbows out a bit, tapping tapping and going going ahead, and you still see him trying to do it now. Especially as I said earlier in the show, when he gets to the braking zones, he he, he doesn't want to take the brake, so he'll rather ride the the curb, go through the runoff area, and then still stay mm-hmm. ahead. So he went in, and that's where the rule plays in his favor because he went in ahead, and so when he when he comes out ahead, then there's no advantage gained, and and that ticks me off. Uh, because he, if he used the right braking uh, zone, then Lewis or whoever it was would pass him. Uh, yeah, I look I, going back to Silverstone. It, it was. I still believe it was a racing incident. I, I still put it down to a racing incident. I know um, Max was ahead, and I don't. I don't think it was anything less than a racing incident. I do think it was. Uh, that was definitely a change in mindset for both of the guys. Was from that absolutely. Race. I also called it. I also called it racing incident throughout, oh. and it wasn't. I wasn't on either of the drivers' sides there. The only thing that was a big difference was in the past, uh, Hamilton would back out and give Lewis and give uh, Max a space, and this time around he didn't, and that's where the change for me took place. And thereafter, the gloves were off, and then anything goes. Anything goes. Mm. I'm surprised now somebody doesn't reach out and and and. Uh, Stab the tire of the other uh, the other car while while they're at it. I mean, it's been it's been chaos. It's Come on, we're South Africa. Why, why can't they hijack <laughs> the other person's car? <laughs> and then you saw, and then the, was it Drizzle? Where, where was it? Where 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 he placed his hand on Lewis's on Lewis's wing, etc., etc. So it just yeah. I think the media obviously. I think we were going to be very cognizant that the media plays a massive role in 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 in, in blowing things out of proportion and, and oh, setting. Yeah. Setting the uh, creating creating the animosity and really hyping it up, maybe where there isn't. But if you watch, and I've been watching this long enough, and that's why earlier on as well, because you you and I have discussed how cool, how cool, calm, collected Toto always is, even if it on the sur- uh, beneath under, uh, beneath the surface, if there's a fire raging, but he's always so cool, calm, and collected. And when he lost his shit. I was like, okay. Yeah, you got to watch out for the wolf, man. Yeah, now this is this is another side of Toto. That's why. So, I think I think it's all built up. But yeah, it's, it, it makes for good television. It makes for good talking points. Question time. Um, Question time. You speak about Toto. Beginning of the season. Big Christian Horner fan. Big Toto fan myself. I don't. I don't dislike Christian Horner, I've, but mine was always about I've, the focus. It was where the yeah, focus I, I'm is were. 
Christian whines too much, Toto gets the job done. That's how I'm going to probably describe the two. And as as the season's gone on, I've, I've, I've become fond of Toto. Always has time for the media. During the pit walks, he'll stop. He'll take his mask off. He'll have a chat. Um, and, and even post-race as well, he's there. Despite despite Max having the upper hand in the race, whatnot, he, he, he's, he's quite a... I think he's EQ. I think that's the way to describe Toto. He has very high EQ. Um, in comparison to Christian, because Chris, however, if you've been chasing for the last seven years, you're gonna whine. You're gonna, you, I think of Eddie Guerrero <laughs> from. You're gonna lie, cheat, and steal to to get there, and you kind of seen it a bit in the Red Bull. <laughs> so, in context, uh, if you had this dominating force and you finally have a sniff at it, uh-huh. are you gonna do whatever it takes, and even if it means going outside the outside the rules to get it done because you may never do we, get do we feel it's better the devil you know kind of thing than the devil you don't <laughs> so is that why we still um, lean towards uh Lewis? is that why you're leaning towards lewis <laughs> i don't i just think i think max will be champion sooner sooner than later and mm. i just think if he if he wins the championship this season all of these talking points is going to probably cloud over it uh, his driving ability and he ticks almost every box from a racing point of view. Mm-hmm. But what's gone on the last three to four races, uh, I, I, I've i not liked him. And I, I, I was, I, I cheer, I cheer on his demise these days, which is not me because I thought he was a pretty decent driver. Oh, he's um, a great driver. He, he, look, they're but, both tremendous drivers. There's no so, doubting and, that for a second. So Leighton, I'm going to, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put this. So Max has never led a championship anywhere. And, and we speak, we speak, we speak, Negatively about Nikita, obviously been handed through because of the dad's money. We speak negatively at, at times because of Lewis being given the massive opportunity uh, through McLaren and Ron Dennis. Max has done nothing in his in his junior days except be Jos Verstappen's son. I, I actually I don't believe that's it. to be true. Yeah. I, I as far as I understood, he had a um, he had an amazing junior career. I don't know if he won so any titles, so but I, he... He's won nothing. No, I don't... I, I think he's won nothing. And apparently the first time he's led a championship was in... Is now in, in, in Formula One. He's never led a championship in the junior days. And you can... You probably Google that and, and yeah, get that okay. information. So, so, so he's also... He's a little bit entitled. And you can start... And I've started to see that or feel that uh, with him. Because I, cause I don't think uh, Yoss is, is, is a very poor man either. So any F1 driver generally, uh, I don't know what Yoss has been earning, but any a F1 diff- driver... D- different area at that off. time. They probably do better. Yeah. Yeah, so his karting career was filled with uh, firsts. Um, then he finished his karting career in 2013. 2014, he moved into into cars. Uh, he, he finished first in the Zandvoort Masters. Finished third in the FIA Formula 3 Championship. That was 2014. And then 2015 was his first Formula 1 season for Toro Rosso. 12th. Then he finished fifth in 2016. Uh, and then that was when he moved on to Red Bull. Then he finished sixth, fourth, third, third, and is currently leading. The, the, the kid, the kid is special, man. He always has been special. Uh, the, and, the, oh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to disagree. I think if you look at probably a Charlotte Claire, you look at Lando. I think Lando's won Formula Two, if I'm not mistaken. I think on this on the circuit, there's probably um, drivers with greater credentials than Max, and we can probably argue that or agree to disagree. 
I think there's drivers out there with greater, great, greater racing credentials. Probably George Russell, in fact, could be another. But I know definitely Lando. Lando's had an amazing junior career as well. I don't think Max has had as great a junior career as a Lando, uh, possibly a George. I don't know George's stats offhand. Look. So I just, I just, I just feel mm-hmm. that his sense of entitlement and and some of the douche ways. And I guess, I, and, I, and I'll, I'm contra- I'll contradict myself here because I said earlier on, you got to do what it takes to challenge a seven-time. Um, seven-time ch- uh, constructor and, and and racer and get the job done by any means possible. But uh, he's he's tarnished his image in my eyes. And yeah, uh, what does he care? Who am I? Uh, and I think, but a lot of the general public as well. So he's probably going to have to do some work on on rebuilding that. And who knows? He has a great race on on Sunday and uh, does some amazing things. Maybe we could sit back here in a week's time and say, wow, what, what a race, uh, what a champ. Mm. Well, be- before we do that, I just want to throw some, <laughs> throw some Formula One records of, of Max Verstappen, youngest driver to start a race, youngest driver to score points, youngest driver to win a race, youngest driver to score a podium finish, youngest driver to lead a lap, youngest driver to set fastest lap, youngest driver to score a grand slam. And here's one that might interest you, Jay. Most race wins without winning the world championship. He currently owns that right now. Max Verstappen on no, 19. Yeah. He's, for, so he's good. Because he skipped, he skipped the part where he would have raced. And, uh, so he didn't, according to what you read out earlier, he didn't race Formula 2. So he went from F3 into F1. Am I right? Uh, so he, he skipped, he skipped yeah. Formula 2. And he said he didn't, he didn't pay his dues there. He didn't pay his school fees. Uh, that's <laughs> Apparently because, he's, yeah, he's done fine. School, school, school yeah, fees are has, expensive, man. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, has, sometimes you don't want to pay. <laughs> how long, how long was he in Toro Rosso for? One year, one season, two seasons. Yeah. So and it goes from, I mean, how many drivers go from Toro Rosso to, to Red Bull? So yeah, one and a half seasons. He's had it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's had, he's had, he's had stuff go his way. I yeah, just think, right. yeah, I think, uh, Hopefully, I'm not. I'm not here to hate on him. It's just that he's driving us. That pisses me off, or where I get opinion is that yeah. If you if you if you if you race like a douche, I'm not going to like you. That's me. Uh, no, it's uh, it it has been it has been quite a thing. But I've I've made my feelings clear about that. I don't like Lewis or or Max. I don't like either or. I happen to like Max. I happen to dislike Lewis more than I dislike Max. <laughs> uh, out of preference, I probably would want like a shoulder to clear to. To come out there to win, to win the championship. Hey man, if Danny Rick could get it done in a year, that would. Be, could you imagine Danny Rick winning a world championship? No, no, <laughs> no. I, I'm not a fan of his. <laughs> you don't I like think him, Rob, Rob Rob Catalano will probably be drinking for a year at Shuri's as well. That happens. <laughs> uh, but if Fernando so, Alonso uh, can do it next year, man, Woo. I, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Fernando do it. Mm. I'd, I'd, I'd support Fernando. Okay, doing Jay. it, and then then the youngster Lando. Jay, before I get into um, our our predictions for the weekend, I just want to quickly, quickly, quickly mention our gents in um, from last week in Qatar in our fantasy teams. Let's see, uh, Muhammad Fakri with Hamel Beton first uh, first step in one seventy one seventy each. Then national team two, he got one fifty six. Paulo F3. Uh, 145 and then Lando no risk, uh, 
145 as well. And that's Mohammed Fakhri. So, again, a great weekend for, for Mohammed. Uh, what does that do to our overall stats? Um, Hamel Beton, Mohammed Fakhri's on 3899.5, comfortably in first position. In second position is Mohammed Fakhri again with first step in. Know that next year I'll be throwing in two teams only instead of three. Kind of have that, that vibe of a Red Bull team one, Red Bull team two. Um, anyway, so he at 3845. Then Steven team one, 3731. Lando, no risk. Again, Mohammed at another team, 3690. And then Mario team one on 3621.5. Jay, what has happened to you, man? You were, you were dominating at a stage. You were fighting at the top and then it's. Then I've had it, yeah. I think, I think for me, it's got to be Sergio and, uh, Gasly that's, uh, that's had a poor run. Yeah. Sergio and, uh, destroys that's, that's, my, um, has destroyed my fantasy team. Very, very disappointing, Sergio Perez. So, well, that's Jay. happened to me as well. So, Jay, what, what does that mean for us walking into, uh, this, this weekend? Um, what are you going to, what is going to your, be your prediction? Let's first get in qualifying. Top six positions for qualifying based on what we, what the little that we do know from the two free practices and the changes to the track. Uh, 58 laps there this weekend. Uh, or how do you think those 58 laps are going to go? I'm going to be quite boring, and I'm going to go with the with, the, with Hamilton, Hamilton, Max, Valtteri, and then the the Ferraris with uh, with Gasly coming somewhere in the mix between those Ferraris. So it's it's the two Mercedes, um, Max. The two Ferraris and Pierre Gasly. Okay, you left out Sergio Perez. Sergio has uh, has gone. Uh, he, he's done pretty well on qualifying of late. However, his qualifying lap was obviously destroyed uh, last weekend when Max had his last corner incident, which was a little bit unfortunate uh, for for Sergio Perez. I do think that Max actually gets uh, gets pole. For the Grand Prix, I think uh, Red Bull pulls something, some cat out of the, the hat kind of thing. I think they managed to get that done. I think he is followed by Lewis Hamilton. He's followed by Valtteri Bottas. And then quite likely, like you're saying, you know, maybe the Ferraris are going to be there. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm going to, I'm going to actually put in Pierre Gasly, uh, for that fifth position, followed then by, you know, for that fourth position, followed by Sergio Perez, followed by Followed by Fernando Alonso, uh, qualifying in six. I think, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that out there. And then taking into account what we've just said, how do you see the race going? Uh, Jay, you're on mute there, so feel free to unmute yourself. <laughs> what, what's, what's the chances of the greatest, uh, teammate in the world, um, taking one for the team? Valtteri Bottas Valtteri. on his final race for Mercedes. <laughs> how memorable. How memorable will that be for Valtteri? I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking that is that is possible. Um, and we've seen him. Did we? I know. I know you've alluded to it in the past. I think he took mm. out. I think he took out four, five of the. He does what he needs contention. to do, but that was before he lost the the Mercedes seat. And here brings that next question in: If if Valtteri does it, or Sergio does it, and it works vice versa, right? Who gets punished? Uh, probably the constructor. 
you probably you probably can punish the constructor. Um, now, if you are Sergio Perez um, with Red Bull standing no chance of winning the well, perceivably no chance of winning the constructors championship, do you give up second to have your driver finish first? If you are going to get punished. Uh, I think I think I think that's all that uh, all that Christian and the boys at Red Bull can can hope for now is for because I think the construction construction championship is gone. Mm. So it's just uh, it's just left to getting getting Max ahead. I think that will be the cherry on the top for them. So they'll probably do whatever it takes, and they've shown they're probably capable of doing that as well. So it'd be interesting. I just think I think obviously Toto and then the and the Mercedes is going to be a bit more wily than that. So Lewis to Lewis to go out and qualify and then nail it and, and get ahead and probably have uh, Valtteri as the blocker, which we've seen. Uh, okay. I, think, I definitely think I definitely think the uh, the marks are going to be quite handy this weekend. In terms so, of speed. so your race is going Lewis Bottas Verstappen. No, no, Lewis, 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 Max, uh, Bottas. I think it's going to be the same triumvirate, uh, and uh, yeah, Lewis just nips, nips Max to the title. And those last positions, uh, those next six positions. Uh, I'm going to throw in. I'm going to throw in just, and this is based purely on, uh, purely on the uh, free practice two. Um, and what happened last weekend? I'm probably going to throw in Esteban. And uh, <laughs> there has to be BQ. drama. There hasn't been a safety car there for a long, long time, man. Uh, he seems he seems to be that uh, a, a little vulture just picking the, the flesh off the bones. That's the or the hyena in down here in Africa. Once the lions are fed, we, and we have vultures carnage. too. <laughs> um, now I'm saying hyenas is specific, probably mm. to us. Um, that uh, yeah, as a as a vulture, as a hyena, just uh, preying off the leftovers. Uh, he seemed to have done it pretty well. Uh, so I think to throw, he seems pretty racy. FP two, he was second. Uh, he split the two Mercedes. Mm-hmm. So if he can uh, have some of that pace, and uh, yeah, he'll throw a throw a span in the works of the teams. And uh, you look you're looking forward to that. We don't want a procession come Sunday. Okay, um, so I'll be going. I'll be saying um, Max on top. Followed by, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm trying to think. Does Sergio take out Lewis? <laughs> Will Sergio take out Lewis? Uh, what what tricks? Formula One, man. Formula One. They're so they're so filled with naughty, naughty, naughty tricks. All the teams. They, they work. They they operate in very grey area. I mean, they the whole. Car development is about finding exploits where they can go. Hey, the rules—the rules don't say we can't. It doesn't say we can, but it doesn't say we can't. So, uh, so uh, we'll, we'll operate in in those grey areas. Man, they they operate in the shadows. <laughs> what teams? It's crazy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I don't know how much drama there will be because you know, you know, there's going to be drama. I mean, well, at least assume there's going to be drama. I think Max gets it done. I think he beats Lewis Hamilton. It's going to be a hell of a scrap. Uh, then followed by Bottas in third. Um, maybe we might see the likes of, uh, 
I do think Fernando Alonso might might follow into fourth position, and uh, Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc, and that will be my top six. Jay, uh, thank you so much for joining us for for all the pre-race uh, F1 episodes that you have been on for the podcast this year. We will still do a wrap-up. We still actually need to do the full motorsport wrap-up. Uh, we're going to see if we can get the uh, uh, MotoGP done with Rob as well, Rob and you to be on for the MotoGP wrap-up. And then depending on uh, uh, if, if, uh, if Max wins the title to see if we could get Bruno on for for that one um either or i don't think he's going to want to hang out with us if max doesn't win the title but then we can also do a season recap over there jay thank you so much enjoy your formula one weekend to all the listeners out there thank you so much for joining us we'll catch you on the other side cheers cheers cheers